It reads similar to this. I'm going to paraphrase it. It says that we should make allowances for each other's faults. Do you realize that you do not live with perfect people? Now listen, ladies, I know some of your husbands think they're perfect, but they're not. And men, you're not off the hook, women. I know some of your wives think that they never make a mistake, and you're always wrong, and it's always your fault. But that's not the case. There are no perfect people in this world. We are flawed. We fail. We have faults. We lose our tempers. We open our mouths and we insert our foot on a pretty regular basis, most of us. We say things that later on we regret. We have to make allowances for each other's faults. I'm telling you, your husband will let you down, ladies. Men, your wives will let, your let you down. Your children will disappoint you. Your mom and your dad, probably many of you in here could say, Pastor, my mother or father at some point, they disappointed me and they let me down. They did things that, that I didn't think were right. But we have to make allowances for each other's faults. We are flesh and blood. We are human beings that have just been saved by the grace of God. He said make allowances for each other's faults. He said, and if anyone offends you, forgive them. Let me just ask this question this morning. Is this okay? I'll just give you some practical how-tos. I know you, if you come back tonight, we'll probably be a little more Pentecostal. We'll swing and spit a little bit. How many of you have ever been offended? How many of you have ever been offended or disappointed by somebody in your family? See? It happens. We have to forgive anyone who offends us. And then Paul goes on and he says this. Remember how much God has forgiven you. And that's the reason Paul said you should forgive one another when you step back and you survey your life and you look at where you've been and what you've come from and you remember that God and His grace and His mercy never gave up on you, never quit on you, and every single time you came to Him and asked Him to forgive you, He did that. Paul said we should follow that example. Somebody once said that we are most like beasts when we kill. We're most like men when we judge. But we're most like God when we forgive. Love more deeply. Forgive more quickly. Here's a third one. It's a simple rule. Listen. Everybody say listen. Listen more carefully. Let me just, let me just get real practical this morning with you. Let me give you the first step to listening more carefully. Some of you are going to need this now. You ready? Listen without interrupting. And a holy hush came over the congregation. <laughs> now, I need to practice this one. I have, a, I have a flaw here. I have a lot of flaws, but I'll just tell one this morning. I have a tendency when she is speaking to me 
to not, and it's not really on purpose, to not let her finish what she's saying before I offer my two cents. And it's worth about maybe two cents. And there's been many times she says in a nice way, would you please let me finish? And I say, sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. But if we're really going to listen more carefully, don't cut people off. That is rude. I, some of these folks look like a cow looking at a new gate this morning. Some of you need this practical stuff today. Somebody once said that God gave us one mouth and two ears for a reason. So we could listen twice as much as we talk. Listen without interrupting. When your kids come to you, and I can't tell you the times that my 11-year-old has said to me and to her, would you please let me finish what I'm saying? Because usually when she gets to that point, I'm about at this point. And she's tried to reason and negotiate and force her will. So then I don't want to listen anymore. Listen without interrupting. Here's a second practical way to listen. Listen with understanding. When you listen, why don't you try to understand the other person's feelings? Why, why, don't, listen, why don't you try to understand what they're thinking? Why don't you try to understand what their needs are? Why don't you try to understand what their point of view is? 45% of our time, they say, is spent in listening. You know what the Bible said? You want some, let me give you some biblical insight here. The Bible said we should be slow to speak and quick to, few of you know your Bible, slow to speak and quick to listen and slow to get angry. Those are the words of the scripture that we need to shut up and listen more. That's why James talks about our tongue. And that's who wrote that, James 1.19, slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to get angry. Here's another practical way for you to listen. Listen without judging. Why don't you hear the person out before you jump to conclusions and make your mind up about something? Boy, I'm preaching a lot better than you're responding to that. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're just soaking it all in. Now, by the way, I'm not a family expert. My family, I promise you, we are not perfect. We got, you know, when I got up this morning, we got up this morning, we put our pants on one leg at a time, just like you did. So I am not an authority on the family. I'm just giving you some practical things that will help you live, <clears throat> live as a family. Listen without judging. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't rush to judgment. Hear the person out. I love what Proverbs says, Proverbs 18 and 13. You know, Solomon was a pretty wise guy. In Proverbs 18 and 13, I, I like the message translation the best. It says that answering before listening is both stupid 
and rude. I don't know how much more simple you can get than that. That answering before listening is stupid and rude. Let that person that comes to you in your family hear them out before you make a, a rusted judgment, before you cast stones, before you decide that this is how it's going to be. Do the Christ-like thing and be slow to speak and quick to listen. Let me give you a more practical way to listen. Listen without countering, without correcting, without devaluing. But the Bible tells us in James that we should never speak evil of one another. Don't say things like, well, you're just being too sensitive. Don't say things like, well, I, I, I told you it was going to be that way. Don't say things like, well, well what did you expect? That's, don't, don't, don't speak like that. Listen. You know what one person said? They said that, that, that big people monopolize the listening and small people monopolize the talking. When it comes to listening, you're ready. I'm going to give you a deep, deep, profound thing right here. Just be quiet. Talk less and listen more. Don't cast stones and rusted judgment and devalue and condemn and cut family members down. Listen. Hear what they're saying. Here's the last rule to live by this morning. Love more deeply. deeply forgive more quickly. Listen more carefully. And speak more affirmingly. Your words can build up or your words can tear down. The Bible teaches us that the power of life and death is in your tongue. I read a statistic some time back that said that 90% of prison inmates were told at one time by their mother and father that they're going to put you in jail one day. There is power in what you say. Proverbs 25 and 11 says that the right word spoken at the right time is like beautiful golden apples in a silver bowl. There is power in what comes out of your mouth. I read a story about two altar boys in the Catholic Church. One was serving in a little small country church. His job was to take care of the communion wine. The story said that in the midst of, of doing that, that he spilled the wine. The priest on duty slapped him, said to get out and to never come back again. The story said that that young man who spilled that communion wine and was told by the priest to leave and never come back was a man named General Tito. And he was the communist dictator in Yugoslavia who was responsible for taking countless lives. 
There was another altar boy that they said was serving in a big city cathedral. Helping to serve that communion. He also spilled the wine. The priest on duty looked at him and whispered, it's okay. You're going to make a great priest one day. That young man, they said, was Fulton Sheen, whose sermons literally touched millions of people through the airwaves of television. There is power in what you say. There's a little thing that we used to, to quote when we were kids. Pastor Tony, if you want to come start playing, please, softly. And it went like this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is the biggest lie that has ever been told. Sticks and stones may very well break your bones, but I'm telling you that words hurt every single time. Words are power. Words are power. And what comes out of our mouth reveals what's in our heart. It's hard for you to say something and then say, well, I really didn't mean that. Well, if you didn't mean that, you wouldn't have said that. What comes out of our mouth, it reveals what's in our hearts. And there are people in our families, there are sons and daughters and husbands and wives people in our family whose hearts need an affirming word the Bible tells us in Proverbs that, that worry will weigh a man's heart down but an encouraging word will lift him up your kids need to hear you tell them, I love you, I'm proud of you, I believe in you, you're going to be something great one day. Your spouse needs to hear you say, I love you, I appreciate you, I thank God that he sent you into my life. Your parents, whether young or old, need to hear you tell them how much you love them and how much you appreciate them and how much they mean to you. Because here's the truth. What you don't say now, you may not ever get a chance to say later. Life is like a vapor. Life is like a mist. Here today, gone tomorrow. And your words carry weight. Don't wait until it's too late read this little story to you in closing. The little story talks about how we need to not wait and we need to speak to those we love and pour into their lives. 
one relationship expert offers these moving words. I remember when I took your new car on the road and wrecked it. I thought you'd be living and come down hard on me, but you didn't. I remember when we went to the beach and you didn't want to go because you said it was going to rain. We went and it rained. And I was sure you'd rub it in and say, I told you so, but you didn't. Then there was a time when I spilled blueberry juice down the front of your new white tux. I knew you'd be upset and blame me, but you didn't. And remember that formal evening? I was mistaken and told you it was casual. You wore blue jeans and felt like a fish out of water. I was sure you would storm out in anger and leave me standing there, but you didn't. And I wanted to tell you how much I loved you and how much I appreciated you for all those things when you returned from Vietnam. But you didn't return. The Bible tells us there's a time to speak and there's a time to keep silent. And there are times in the life of your family that you need to speak affirming words. Parents, if, especially if you have children. And all of us have said things that we regret and we've handled situations in ways that we wish we wouldn't have handled them. Don't worry about how you have been or what you have done. Focus on right now. You can start today to speak into the lives of your family, members, your children, your spouse. Tell them how much they mean to you. I want you to stand with me, please, this morning, if you don't mind. family matters. It matters a lot. But there are matters of the family that we have to deal with. But I believe if we'll practice these four rules, if we'll love more deeply, if we'll forgive more quickly, if we'll listen more carefully, and if we'll speak more affirmingly, I believe we'll see a difference in our homes. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment, please? Father, thank you this morning for the power of your word. Thank you, God, for giving us practical how-tos from your scripture, from your word. That teach us how to live and teach us how to be Christ-like and that teach us how to follow guidelines and boundaries and rules that you've created for us to live by, God, from scripture. And I just pray this morning for every family today in this place, whether they are represented by a mother and a father and two kids, or whether they're represented by a single mother and her kids, or maybe just a husband and wife, whatever it may be, God, there's a family unit represented all through this building today. Father, I'm asking you this morning to touch us as a family. Here's what I want you to do today. I want to do the same thing that we did last week. Just a minute, Pastor Tony is going to begin to sing, and as he does, I just want you this morning to come with your family. And if you listen, if you don't have any family here, when you get here to this altar, we'll, we'll be your family. As he begins to sing, I want you just to, I want you to find your family this morning. And I just want you to come and stand all across the front of this altar. We're going to pray together as a family. Oh. Come. How he loves us. Come. Lord. 
bring your husband, bring your wife, bring your kids. Come in real close. Step in real close. Come on. over and grab the hand of your family member that you're with this morning. Tell them, tell them, I love you. Would you tell them? 